0: Chapter seven of the Shunzu, the chapter's name is on Confucius, but probably it's more like regarding Confucius. Because this chapter is not really about Confucius. Um, it simply just starts off with among the Among Confucius' disciples. So Probably in the uh, original Chinese, which I don't have in front of me, it actually just says something like regarding Confucius, and the chapter is simply named um, after the starting words of the chapter. Because the very first topic um, of this chapter is the five hegemons. And overall, this chapter is again not about Confucius, it's more about um, being a, an official in service of your king, of your lord, and what to do within that. So the hegemons is where he starts and he says, even the youngest of Confucius's students considered it shameful to speak in praise of the five hegemons. So we have to see who are these, what is is a hegemon? Um, And what is so bad about the hegemons? A hegemon, according to Shunzi, and he'll have later chapters where he goes into more detail discussing them. A hegemon is essentially somebody who is powerful. Uh, Not a person, but uh, specifically, a leader of a state that is very powerful. And in later chapters, we'll see how they end up being powerful. Um, they live up to their word. So, for example, they threaten a the country, they're going to be able to and they will live up to that threat. If they make a promise with another country, they're going to also live up to that promise. They rely heavily on law and punishment to to forge order and pursue efficiency. And so these are pretty powerful states. However, we go to line 36 after Shenzhou discuss some details of several different hegemons, some of them are dukes, uh, in other words kings, some of them are actually um, people who employ very skilled and talented ministers, not in the sense that they are virtuous but they are maybe you can compare some of these people um, to Henry Kissinger Uh, you know, very smart about politics, but not necessarily virtuous people. And so when we get to line 36, we have this line, Nevertheless, among Confucius' disciples, even the young lads consider it shameful to speak in praise of these five hegemons. Why? Junza says the hegemons did not base themselves on government through education. They did not strive to become exalted and lofty. They did not pursue the highest degrees of culture and good order. They did not make the people's hearts submit willingly. Instead, what do they do? They incline to tactics and stratagems. Uh, They paid attention to things of uh, military effectiveness, and they had deceitful hearts in order to achieve victory, and they used deference as a cover for conflict. So these states are not quite um, perhaps trustworthy because here we have some description about Using deference, respect as a cover for conflict, and you know, had deceitful hearts. So these are not exactly fully men of the word, but it is. uh, If you've ever watched The Godfather, when the uh, protagonist family, the Corleone family, um, the Don makes a threat, uh, he's going to fulfill it, and that's what makes these leaders so fearsome and that adds to their power and we see uh, a very clear illustration there of of such a way to live up to uh, one's words in a certain kind of way. So he says furthermore they relied on the appearance of being Ren, noblest humanity, but they walked the path of obtaining profit, money, advantage, benefit of a material nature, especially. And finally he says they are heroes for petty men. And we see a lot of uh, people today, they praise um, their country for being powerful and this to them makes it the greatest country in the world or even the greatest country in all of history. I think that's very petty and it dismays it me to hear such things. Power is not true greatness. Power is not virtue. Power is not something we should praise and power is not laudable. Virtue is A better country is one that is small, smaller, not as powerful, but the people are Ren and the society is guided by Li and Yi, racial propriety and moral principle. If you don't have a society like this, it doesn't matter how powerful it is, you might as well have a nation of orcs. So you have this nice contrast in this whole paragraph. The true kings, the world true kings educate as people morally, not in a technical sense. We have a lot of public schools that teach a lot of advanced math, science, um, reading and writing skills, all of that is useful but it is not virtuous because we don't teach moral philosophy, we don't teach wisdom and so people don't become good parents, people don't become good children, people don't become good spouses, people are terrible neighbors. and. High culture, and good order, and lofty principles, these are all things that are important. And in such a leadership, people submit willingly. You don't have to take them over. You don't have to conquer them. You don't have to manipulate them financially like we do today. So a true king is going to be explained for the uh, in the next paragraph, but we have a better description in later chapters, uh, such as the one simply labeled uh, "the True King." At line seventy-one, we have a few paragraphs talking about what to do specifically when the ruler honors and values you. In other words, give you gives you a position in his court, so you're an official. And so there's a, um, a list, a litany of, of uh, characteristics that you should have, and so you should look at these. Um, I'm not going to go through every one of these. I do like line 89. Be such that you can be made noble or be made lowly. Can be made rich or be made poor. Can be get killed, but you cannot be made to do what is vile. What is against rent." That's very important, especially in the day where you find all these politicians, they're scrambling to get higher and higher positions or get elected simply, and they go into more and more vile directions in the pursuit of power. When you see that, you know there's a problem and they're all rushing to flatter their version of King, which is the electorate, the mass of citizens who are voting and the the citizenry, the citizenry as a whole acts very much like a child king that is ill tempered, um, that is foolish, uh, and essentially a tyrant. Even though you might have various citizens who are not like this as individuals, as a totality, this is what happens. Uh, this is why James Madison says that you could, even if Athens, which is the original democracy, even if the Athenian citizenry were all made out of men like Socrates, intelligent, wise, virtuous, still they would act like a mob, because there's something about making everybody equal and you're having so many votes that uh, reduces the discussion from lofty and subtle and nuanced arguments to some very basic base, vulgar level thinking. And then you have slogans and character attacks. And this is just something that will naturally happen when you lack good order, when you you refuse to take intelligent and wise and virtuous people and put them in specific positions of power with specific responsibilities. And that's something that will also be discussed later on in a later chapter. Okay. Um, So you have more of this discussion there um, and I just want to go jump to uh, the last page um, where we go to line 143 um, and look at this paragraph and the next paragraph. Uh, There's a method that's the most effective in all of the world Um, use it to serve your Lord, you're sure to be successful, use it to practice Ren, and you're sure to achieve safety. That is, set an exalted standard and do not depart from it. The exalted standard is a Tao. Okay, and so there is this great way that you can follow, and that is something that will turn you into a great human being, and this is something that will turn your, um, your country, your society, into a harmonious one. Let's go look at the last paragraph here, line 158. For the young to serve their elders, for the lowly to serve the noble, and for the unworthy to serve the worthy. These are E for all under heaven. If there is a person whose position is not above others and who is ashamed to be below others, this is the heart of a vile person. All right, so um, there's an emphasis here that of order and to respect those who are higher than them. um, And that is what is E for everybody. So for the young to appreciate their elders, particularly in the uh, family context. So for the sons to honor their parents, Um, for the lowly to serve the noble, this has to do with moral character. You know, and so if you lack character, if you lack virtue, then you should serve the noble. You should serve a teacher who is greater than you, who is more virtuous than you, and learn from this person. For the unworthy to serve the worthy. Yes, again, because we're talking about um, worthy in terms of virtue, um, noble, maybe then it regards um, also status. Uh, but... Um, you know, you're you're not just um, you're not just serving those in higher status for its own sake. This still regards uh, Yi. So there's a saying later on we'll get to. Uh, you know, um, follow the Tao, not your lord. Follow Yi, not your father. In other words, Yi is something that, uh, as moral principle, does override this hierarchy. So hierarchy is not followed just for its own sake. It's not the most important thing. It can be overridden if the person in the superior position is doing morally the wrong thing. But there's still a way to go about that. You still have to um, try to reform your lord or you have to try to remonstrate um, with regards to your father you have to try to help them see what is correct, what is right, and try to get them on that on that path first. And you have to do this respectfully. But if there's a person, so the next line is actually uh, just as important. If there's a person whose position is not above others and who is ashamed to be below others, this is a vile heart. This is a heart of a vile person. Why? Because if you're ashamed to be below just anybody, if, if you just want to dominate, and if wherever you cannot dominate, you do not want to respect or honor anybody, this is the heart of a vile person. And this is why um, these sorts of hyper individualistic um, and extreme equality philosophies, like feminism, is wrong, because feminism is based off ultimately this idea that there's nobody you can really serve, that nobody there's nobody that you can truly serve, and and, and so you should not be submissive to your husband. Um, this is also something that is at the heart of arguably um, a lot of people's interpretations or understanding of democracy that there is simply nobody that you really uh, serve, but other philosophies are like this too. There's nobody that you should serve um, and it inculcates this kind of feeling and attitude that there's nobody you serve, if you serve somebody you should be ashamed of yourself, you're a loser, you're weak, and that if you find that in the heart of somebody that's truly a vile person, you don't want to be around that kind of person, this person is broken inside, there's something wrong with the soul, Um, and he will reject anything and everything and everyone, he'll reject, um, he'll reject his own parents, he'll reject God, and he won't have a sense of responsibility for those lower than him because he doesn't know what it's like to respect somebody, and so he cannot even reciprocate when he's on top. This kind of person becomes the ultimate tyrant, the ultimate dictator, the uh, the abusive father, the abusive mother, the abusive spouse. Um, this is the uh, reckless and harmful uh, sibling. Um, This is the friend that abandons you or bullies you. Uh, This is really the worst kind of person that you can find. So, therefore Shunzu says, you know, if you want to be um, a junzi or sage or have a reputation, then this would be like trying to lick heaven by bending down, or trying to save somebody from hanging to death by pulling on their feet such a proposition is sure not to succeed and the further, the harder one works at it, the further one off one gets. Um, so we have next this line, thus the gentleman is that, uh, Jijinza is such that when the times are restrictive, he bends with them, and the when the times are more expansive, he extends with them. What is the meaning of this? I think this is kind of a, probably a r- rough translation But given the context of what Shunzi says regarding how to deal with the times, if the times are restrictive, um, like there's not much opportunity, then you have to be flexible not in the sense of giving up on your ren or detracting from your ren, not in the sense of going against Yi, uh, morality or justice or righteousness, or Li, ritual and ritual propriety, but you are bending in the sense that you are at least trying to avoid um, avoid getting yourself into big trouble. Um, you're not out there necessarily um, you know, denouncing all the evil you see because that might not be the best thing for the society um, at this time. In other words, if you go out there and times are really bad and you might die, that's really a waste of somebody who knows the Tao. So if you do know the Tao, you're gonna preserve this life of yours to um, teach it at a different time, to proclaim it at a different time. But at the same time, you don't go against it either. You don't start living in a way, you know, you don't join the mob, in other words. So what about this part? When the times are more expansive, then he extends with them. If there's more opportunity to implement the way, then you extend with that opportunity and then you try to go with it. So this is a very difficult balance to strike and you have to be keen, you have to be um, observant and insightful in your observations so that you know when to pull back and when to go forward. So overall this chapter gives you a lot of uh, insight into if you do want to go into government, if you do want to um, take a part place in leading society, Back then it's a royal court, but the principles apply today as well. Uh, There are things that you do um, pursue and things that you do not pursue. What you pursue are the loftier matters, uh, raising people through education, for example. And you don't pursue raw power. And you do not betray your ren. You do not decrease, uh, you, you do not go against your ren. You do not go against Yi. You do not go against Li. Um, you, remember, there's a line. You can be killed, you can, but you cannot be do, made to do what is against Ren. So that's this chapter, and a lot of this, the ideas here, will be discussed in a later chapter. Uh, and and so, if you have questions, um, you you simply have to, um, you only have to. We merely have to wait for further chapters.